Welcome to Equip, a special edition of the Teen Pact podcast brought to you by the Teen Pact Alumni Network. Here, we provide tools and resources to help you navigate your career, grow in your faith, and equip you to glorify God through your talents and passions. Thanks for joining us. Hello and welcome to another edition of Equip, a monthly podcast presented by the Teen Pact Alumni Network. We're thrilled that you're here. I'm Carlin Sullivan and your host for today, and I'm super excited about today's special guest. The, uh, the Martin name is well known throughout Team Pack, but today we will be talking from the very first Martin Team Pack employee, uh, Mr. Paul Martin. Paul, welcome. We're glad you're here. Hey, Carlin. How are you? It's good to be here. Before we get started into our topic today, I'd like to just get a little bit of Team Pack background, familiarize our audience with who you are and your experiences within the ministry. So can you tell us just a little bit? how Team Pack came into your life, and then um, your experiences with it. Yeah, I definitely can. It's a little bit of a long, meandering story, so I'll try and keep it kind of succinct. <laughs> but it started in 2004 uh, when my parents told me I was going to this government class called Team Pact. It was the first time it came to our state, which was Connecticut at that time, um, and I loved it. We had a great time. We had a great staff team. It uh, really impacted my life and changed my life. Um, and I wanted to continue to be involved. So I, one of the regrets in life is that I was offered to staff the next year, but I decided to go through the alumni track instead, um, which was probably good for me. And uh, the alumni track was pretty small that year. There were four of us. So we ended up going to national convention. I got to be involved that way. I got to meet Mr. Eccles, which is, is he's, he's a great man. Um, it's hard to keep up with sometimes, but he's he's definitely a great man. So I got to be involved, got to staff, and then eventually Team Pact offered me a job that I didn't know existed um, as a field director, field representative at that time. Um, so I got to travel around mostly the Northeast, working with state coordinators in various places. I kind of, the goal I think was more for me to do some more with fundraising, and I wasn't very great at that. <laughs> um, but what I was good at was logistics, and I was able to help um, some states that are, are still small, um, but I think it's very important to be an impact in the northeast part of the country. So I ended up working for Team Pack for a while in that um, that capacity. And then uh, when this cool guy named Peter Martin got a job at Team Pact as the CEO, he became my boss. Um, so I moved to Richmond with the family. Uh, I ended up doing some other jobs at Team Pact. I did registration which uh, gave me a whole new appreciation for the people that do registration because <laughs> they are uh, in some ways rock stars, but definitely underappreciated. Um, so they do some good work. And then I ended up booking travel for the interns for a couple of years. Um, but I, And I continue to class direct at this point. I love what Team Pact has done, and it, I, I wouldn't be who I am without it. Oh, that's great. How many states uh, were we, was the ministry in when you were working as a field director? Probably 35 to 40, something like that. I was uh, blessed to be able to help start. Really, I was kind of right place, right time, and the Lord used me to start two or three classes. And I'm kind of sad that we're not doing that anymore because we ran out because that, that's that's pretty much a, a magical experience to get to, to experience Team Pact in the state for the first time. So. It is. So what was it like? So you're an employee at Team Pact, and then your boss becomes your father. Was that bit of a transition? Was it wonderful, challenging? Um, it was definitely a bit of a transition. Um, I, 
especially looking back, I don't know of anybody better to have led Team Pact for over a decade than, than my dad. Um, we are super proud of him, and we know he's proud of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't always say it as much. Uh, we don't always... Uh, we're not the most emotive people sometimes, <laughs> although we cry a lot, so I guess there is that. Um, but it was it was definitely a transition. It was honestly hard to kind of give up something that had basically been mine, even though yep. Team Pact had been a family thing. Um but it had kind of been my thing, but it was it was really neat to have Dad come on board. Um, I I worked for Team Pact in I guess you could say the best of times and the worst of times, whether that's financially or some other things. And having his um, his business acumen and knowledge was really really important for us because uh, it used to be in Team Pact if if we didn't have money we didn't spend it, and that was that was a, a little bit of a tough time. For <laughs> me. Um, but it was it was really good to have him on board, um, and it was it was fun to get to do some events like national conventions, some state classes together where we didn't really need to talk that much. We just kind of knew what, what needed to be done. And I, I I don't think my siblings and I would have continued to have been involved for as long if, one, we didn't love our dad, but if, two, if we didn't love Team Pact, which yeah. which we did. Um, That's great. It also, the, the things that you love can... Uh, can hurt you a little bit too. So we had some ups and downs, but it was it was a good experience. So for students who might be listening, what classes will we be class directing this year? Uh, the plan is for me to go to Michigan, okay. um, the Great White North, and then I'm going to do a city class in Houston. I forget which uh, direction of the compass we're calling it. Southeast Texas, is East, that right? East Texas. Uh-huh. East Texas. Okay, <laughs> not south. South would be closer to the border. So. Right. And I live in Lafayette, Louisiana, so that one's a, a little bit closer for me to get to than Michigan. Well, good. Well, thank you for continuing to serve. That's wonderful. Well, today we're going to be talking about different um, educational and career paths that people can take before they find their dream job. And you have such an interesting path that led you to your current position. Um, so I'm excited to hear more about that. I know for me, when I got my first job out of college, I was an education major and clearly le- becoming a leasing agent at an apartment complex was a natural <laughs> next step. Stop ever. And then I had the job. I worked for a a commodity board called the National Watermelon Promotion Board. Yes, it does exist to increase the consumption of watermelon, which was right up there with my education degree as well. So I also have a crazy path until finding the job that thrilled me, which was, uh, you know, education, um, homeschooling and working in the preschool world. But anyway, you did take a non-traditional path, a couple different college degrees, a couple different jobs. Tell us about what schools you attended and some of the jobs you had since graduating high school. I know you talked about Team Pact, but you also have some other experiences in there. Sure. Um, in high school, I worked for an orchard and nursery. So I did everything from picking fruit to driving a tractor, uh, which was probably the, the most one of the most fun jobs I ever <laughs> had. Uh, worked for a Christian man. It was it was really great. And the, the apples fresh off the tree or right out of the cooler are fantastic. Um, so once I once I graduated high school, I never really wanted to go to college. Um, now I have three college degrees, so <laughs> God has a sense of humor for sure. But I, I went to an, a school called American Public University, which was, I think, founded off primarily for the military. But I got a four-year degree on there in political science, um, which was something that interested me at the time. It still interests me. Um, I'm less involved than I was, but I'm definitely still interested. Um, I took a lot of classes on counterterrorism because that was kind of the time in in the world that we were in. Um, So I definitely learned a lot through that. I thought it was important for me to have a degree. So I did that um, kind of as I was starting to work for Teen Pact or a little bit before, got that degree. 
Um, and then uh, I ended up getting my EMT certification. Um, I did it in two weeks, which uh, if anybody's ever taken an EMT class before knows it probably should take three months in that vicinity and I did it in two weeks. Maybe I just didn't know any better, but I passed the test. Um, so I got my EMT certification and I started working as an EMT in South Louisiana and I loved it. I don't know if, if part of it is being the oldest of eight children or having a bunch of brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews, but I'm more than average protective. Um, I'm not always loud about it, but I'm, I'm usually paying attention. Um, so I got to that even go into becoming an EMT. So you're working, you know, you political science, you're working in team pact and Christian ministry, and now you're in the medical field. Did it just, right. up or you always had an interest in it? Um, I, I don't think I always had an interest in it. I think someone encouraged me along the way. Okay. Um, and then I, I Googled programs and there was, there was one that was at like a, a tent city and I don't camp. <laughs> there was one that was in the mountains in Wyoming. And then there was one that was in California. And I was like, well, I could try that. Um, and I, I got my start working as an EMT, a, a gentleman gave me a job, uh, here and I just, I just love taking care of people. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not, I don't think I'm really an adrenaline junkie, although people who know me might disagree. Um, but I definitely love being able to make a difference and a lot of work on the ambulance. Some of it makes a, an eternal impact or a, an impact, a life and death impact. And some of it is just being a friend, talking to somebody, taking care of people that are, are maybe homeless. Um, so it gave me a lot of a lot of good experience. Kind of, kind of, I think a little bit like Jesus sitting with tax collectors and sinners, um, which you know, but for the grace of God, go I. So I, I worked as an EMT for a little bit, which is a it's a pretty entry job to be honest. Um, EMTs are very very important, and I appreciate some of the ones that I work with, but it's a pretty entry job. So uh, my company is very uh, focused on turning EMTs into paramedics, which is a year-long, um, it, it sometimes is a degree program, but it's a year-long uh, school. Basically, you, you get paid a little bit more and you're able to do more things. So airway things, some medications, some cardiac things, stuff like that. So I did that in a year or a year and a half. I uh, started working as a paramedic, um, and, and incidentally, I was a, I'm now able to do some paramedic education. Um, which I, I love. It's almost it's almost one-on-one. -on -one. It's not always, but it's almost one-on-one. -on -one. And I, I come from a family of teachers, and I'm going to teach whether you pay me to or not. So if they pay me, it's kind of nice. Um, so I worked as a paramedic for a few years. I ended up working nights, um, which to all the people that work nights, thank you for doing it because it's it's hard. Um, I like it, but it's, it's definitely hard on the body sometimes. Um, so I worked as a paramedic for a while, and then I decided to get my nursing degree. Um, and literally, I saw a billboard somewhere driving around at night. This this actually happened. And it said, get your RN completely online or something like that, which was, uh, I don't want to say it was a lie, but it was stretching the truth. Um, so I did about two years uh, online at Northwestern State University in central Louisiana. And then I ended up having to go on campus for a lot of clinical, which clinical is kind of code word for free labor. Um, but you kind of get out of it what you put into it. So I had um, I had some interesting clinical experience, more paramedic, but but some nursing, I guess. Um, so that was a four-year degree. And near the end of that, I ended up getting to work in a pediatric ICU for a little bit. Um, and I decided that kids was something that I want to I wanna work with. Uh, they're smaller. Yes, they still do have diapers, but they're smaller. They're easier to move. 
Um, so I finished that degree in July of 22, and now I work in a local pediatric ICU, uh, working with kids from, yeah, working with kids from, you know, almost a little bit after birth to almost 18. Uh, when I tell people what I do, I definitely sometimes get the look of like, where there are no other jobs available <laughs> or you're crazy or whatever. And it's actually something that I, that I picked that I wanted to do. Um, and I love, I love taking care of those little kiddos. Sometimes they, they're a little bit hard. Um, sometimes the nights are long. Um, people often have said, Oh, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't deal with the parents. Um, but honestly, I would, I would much rather have parents that care about their kids and that are involved uh, than, than parents that are absent. Um, I was, I was blessed to have parents that cared about me. Um, so that's been, it, it is a little bit of a challenge and sometimes I get tired just from talking and explaining stuff like that. Uh, but it's, it's been, it's been a good change. That's so wonderful. You know, a lot of times people feel like they have to kind of have their career all figured out. Like I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to get my degree in this and this is what I'm going to do. And every job needs to line up with that career path. As we know as Christians, you know, everything in God's economy is profitable. So would you say that you learned a lot through the different paths that you had before you've kind of found your calling to become a pediatric NICU nurse? Am I saying that right? Pediatric NICU? Pediatric ICU, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I definitely would. Um, I think sometimes it's hard when you're going through those individual hills and valleys and things like that. And don't get me wrong, I... I'm thankful for, I think, almost all the jobs that I had. The clearing snow in the middle of the night was kind of cold, but I still enjoyed that. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for most of the jobs that I had and most of the experience that I had. Um, some, some of it I wouldn't trade. Some of it I wouldn't repeat either. Um, but I, I definitely do think, uh, I, I think the, the jobs that we have, the people that we interact with, the books that we read, make us who we are. Um, and so there, there may be, I mean, and there's always parts of ourselves that maybe we would prefer not to have or don't like as much. Um, there have definitely been some, some rough roads, but I, I know that I've never walked alone. I know that the Lord's been with me through all of it. And even, even when it's hard, even when I'm exhausted, even when, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to get up, I don't want to listen to the alarm or whatever. Um, I definitely think it, it has helped. I think there's often sometimes a maybe a misnomer or a misconception that we, we need to know what we want to do right when we graduate high school. And if you know that, more power to you, and I'm, I'm happy for you. If you know you want to be a fireman or a brain surgeon or something, that's awesome. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that, so I just kept trying, um, and it, eventually, I guess, I found my calling. I, I know there are some people that will say, oh, well, just get a job where you're, you're well-supported, you're well-cared for, and you're able to give away a lot of money and some people are able to do that um but i i hope our, our listeners and our friends can find things that they love to do right because getting up and and loving what you do you could almost do that for free i mean i know inflation and things are expensive food's expensive we, we need to live um but you you want to do something you feel called to and you, you care about and i think the neat thing about the medical profession is there's so many different different types of calling some people love to take care of cancer patients i would cry all the time mm -hmm. um some people like to deal with trauma some people like to deal with weight loss all kind of different things um and i i look at them and shake my head and say you're you're crazy but i'm glad that you do that because 
I don't think I could do it. Right. So I, I definitely think nothing's wasted in God's economy along the well, way. Well, that's why it's called a calling because there's certain things like like your job. People could say they could never work with little babies that are sick and mm-hmm. you find great joy in that. Were you ever frustrated along the way? I mean, I know you started as an EMT um, and then you're, you know, and sometimes you would even text me like I'm sitting on the side of the road just sitting here <laughs> and we would just right. how bored you are like, Lord, what am I doing mm-hmm. here? And I know you said you saw the sign that said, you know, get your RN. Was that a calling you felt early, like wanting to be further in your career in the medical industry? Or is it you said, oh, that seems like a nice thing. And then just kind of meshed together. Um, I, in some ways, I'm, I'm kind of like my mom. Uh, she says that a lot of life kind of happened to her by accident, um, which is, is some true and some maybe a little bit of an exaggeration. I've never been a good five-year plan person. Okay. I've never said, all right, in the next five years, I need to be here, here, here. Um, there definitely were times that working, working 12 hours on an ambulance is not fun sometimes. Sometimes you sit on the side of the road for hours yeah. at a time. I've been very blessed to not get rained on too badly, but it does, it has happened. Um, it was, it was, the nursing was primarily more just open up some more doors to do different things, whether that's travel, whether that's work different areas. There was a financial component to it as well, mm-hmm. um, because being a paramedic is awesome. Um It's not, I mean, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that it's not the most lucrative thing in the world either. Um, So while it is a calling, you do need to eat as well. Um, So there there definitely are times, I think, sometimes that you you maybe feel like you're in a holding pattern or, I mean, I I even feel like I experience it now sometimes. Sometimes you feel like you should be doing more, which is not to... It's not to belittle what you're doing, and and it, it's great when people tell you don't despise the day of small things because that it kind of feels like they're where they want to be and you're not, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's okay. Uh, but sometimes it definitely there definitely were bumps along the way. But I maybe maybe I'll get better at the five year plan eventually. Uh, but I I definitely I I still don't even know that I have it figured out. I have parts of it figured out that I think, but. You know, we, we tell God our plans and then he laughs sometimes. Exactly. So. Well, I'm much older than you, Paul, and I still haven't figured it out. So I keep thinking, what am I going to do when I grow up? <laughs> I realize I'm mm-hmm. 60. I'm like, oh, I think I should probably figure this out. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. So anyway, um, mm-hmm. I would think working with patients, particularly in NICU, would be um, a lot of high stress. And parents parents are mm-hmm. not there because their children are well. They're there because their, their children are not doing very well and needing a lot of extra care. Mm-hmm. And I would think that as a parent, I would feel if I had a child in NICU, very um, vulnerable. And I know that there's always opportunities to share our faith in our workplace, but it seems to me it might be a teeny bit easier during um, medically challenging situations. Have you found that to be true, that you can share your faith um, directly, indirectly? And have you ever had an opportunity to do that? Um. I think the opportunities have been rare. Okay. Um, I think a lot of it is more um, the way you carry yourself, the way you care for people. Um, I don't have to tell people I'm different for people to know that I'm different. Um, but definitely, I think those some of those opportunities have existed. I, I do think that parents are definitely vulnerable. Um, and... And it, it really just depends. I mean, I've had conversations with people that I never really thought I would have 
or I've I've sat with people for two hours and not really talked to them, and then at the end they open up about something that I never would have thought. Um, uh, I guess I would say part of it is maybe just a reminder that we some of us carry very heavy burdens, yeah. um, and we we don't always share them openly, and that's okay. Um, I. I feel like I'm a person that people like to talk to sometimes. So literally sometimes I'll be in this conversation and be like, I don't know how I ended up here because I didn't ask anything. I, I remember I was, I was teaching a little class one time and somebody walked in and just looked at me and started crying and told me about their life and how hard it was and, and things like that. And I, I had had like a three text message conversation with them. <laughs> um, so I think it's more for me, it's more about being ready um, and being being a good person that, that cares and honors Jesus. I mean, my, my faith is very important to me. I don't always talk about it a lot or loud, um, but it's it's definitely there and it changes almost every aspect of, of who I am and what I do. So, Is it hard to see someone pass away? Yeah, 100%. Um, it's hard when they're old, quote unquote, and it seems like it might be their time. Um, it's hard when they're half my age and it seems like they should have a lot more years left. Um, I have, there's a, there's a lot of layers there. Um, I feel like I am pretty good at in the moment being okay with it. Um, but I'm, I'm super competitive and I hate losing. (laughs) Um, and if it's a, if it's a patient's life, it's, it's even worse. Um, I'm, I'm blessed that most of like, my family doesn't live in my area. I love my community, um, and the people in my community are very important to me. But the chances of me doing, you know, working on my family members are slim. Um, it's possible, um, and even as I say that, that that might have been part of my justification for being an EMT. I didn't want to come up against a scenario I didn't know what to do in. Sure. Um, but yes, it's it's awful because I I don't think we were made to die. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's the way it should be. Yeah. Right. So what advice would you have for someone who is considering going into the medical profession? Do you like the path you took? Start with an EMT? I guess obviously it's a different path for everybody, but any advice for anyone considering the field? Yeah. Um, if you're considering it, I would, I would definitely say to count the cost, um, see what, what education options are out there. Cause the medical field is so scalable. You can take a, a, you know, three-month EMT class, a phlebotomy class, a dental hygienist class. There's so many different things you can do. Um, I I think the EMT route was good because it's a short amount of time. It's a relatively low investment. And if you hate, if you hate it, you can do it for yeah. six months or a year, and you haven't spent a lot of money or time. Right. Um, as opposed to if you go to medical school, you <laughs> kind of got to go through with it or still pay the, pay the bills for it. Um, but yeah, I would say count the cost. Um, I would say talk to talk to people that do. So if you, I'm definitely interested to talking to people if they want if they want to know. Um, it's it's not easy, uh, but it's not impossible either. So I mean, really, I would say if you feel like you're called to do that, I would say go for it. Um, especially as people from a practical perspective, people are not getting younger; they're living longer, and job security. We, we need help with the bedside. <laughs> yes, yes, you will. Jobs. You will always find work somewhere. Yep. Yeah. 
So I'm glad you mentioned being willing to talk to someone because I was going to put you on the spot to ask if I could put your email in the show notes if anyone wanted to reach out to to get more information that you'd be open to that. So thank you for offering that. So, sure, sure. Well, Paul, thank yep. you. It's such an interesting um, conversation to hear different paths that people take and particularly like it when it's not the straight and narrow like yours has been. You've kind of meandered around some different corners until you found um, your calling. So I, for one, miss working with you at Team Pact, but um, I'm very mm-hmm. grateful for the families you're serving in the NICU for sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, Carl, I, uh, I enjoy Carlin's one of those friends that I can text uh, semi-random things <laughs> at random times. And I'm she says she appreciates it. <laughs> She says she appreciates it, but I, I don't know. But you I know, when, when you work nights or when you're busy, uh, sometimes I appreciate the people in my life that help me process things. So you're <laughs> you one do of have those, random so thank thoughts, you. which I, I've always liked to be on the receiving end. But be careful, because mm-hmm. often I will screenshot them and send them to your parents. So <laughs> they look that's, that's okay. I might copy paste <laughs> and send it to them anyway. So. I'm teasing. All right, Paul, thank you. We hope to see you at a class very soon. Appreciate it. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Carla.